You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus a priority in their lives. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Todd Lesher. It's always good to have you here. Well, today we are talking about the topic of If Not You, Then Who? with my guest, Frank Beeler. Frank is the CEO of Faze Family Centers and Executive Director of Leadership Development at Orange. He is driven to develop leaders to reach their full potential. Frank is married to Jess, and together they have four children. Frank, it's great to have you here. Great to see you, Todd. Yeah, Excited man. to be in the Forest Hill Church building. Yes. Ran into some volunteers along the way and staff. Man, what God's doing here is really special. Yeah, that's awesome. Great to have you here. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do with Orange. Sure. So first, you need to know I am a parent, and I'm struggling through this just like every parent that's <laughs> listening to this. We're right, figuring right. it out together. Yep. Um, we just adopted a teenager, so now we have two 14-year-olds. Fantastic. We have a 10-year-old and a 9-year-old, three boys and a little girl. Mm-hmm. She thinks that she runs everything. Um, my wife really runs everything, keeps uh-huh. everything in line. She's yep. amazing, and she does ministry with me. And one of the things that uh, we get to focus on now at Orange, which I know you guys use the curriculum, yep. and, and that's a key part of your strategy, yep. is to do the leadership development side. So helping staff at churches better implement the strategy and partnering with parents. And yeah. So I spend a lot of time with that. And then you mentioned Phase Family Centers, which mm-hmm. is just a new strategy that we're developing now. It's in a prototype stage of just trying to figure out ways to engage new families, specifically millennial families, yeah. as they figure out what it looks like to raise kids, having kids later in life and learning uh, what it looks like to have careers and getting married later in life. Yeah. And honestly, their return to church just looks different. And so we're trying to make sure that we're meeting the needs of a new generation of parents. Yeah, that's good, man. So Orange is both an organization and a strategy. So we use Orange as a strategy at Forest Hill. And parents, if you want to go back to our very first episode, we kind of unpack what the Orange strategy is. But can you give us a little bit of a refresher on the Orange strategy and what you're seeking to do with with that plan? Yeah, certainly. So orange came from the combination of two colors, Mm -hmm. red and yellow. Red represents the love of the home and yellow represents the light of Christ that's shown through the church. And so we believe that when you partner with parents through the church, that something really special happens. And that's where we want that orange kind of color. We all joke around. We wear orange. We kind of eat and breathe orange Mm -hmm. because we think there's something special to that idea of saying we want to be the church. We're going to be there and meet needs. But the reality is when it comes to ministering to families, if we just take care of their kids or just take care of the students without engaging the parent, we're yeah. going to miss out on a great opportunity because we know you as parents have an amazing opportunity to care for your kids. You're going to be with them more time than we will ever get at the church. Yeah. And so we want to equip you and support you just like Todd, you're doing through this podcast, yeah. trying to find ways to, to get Jesus into the home and to support parents in their ministry to their kids. Yeah. I love that. It's two influences, combining two influences to make a greater impact in the lives of kids and students. It's fantastic. And then we love partnering with Orange and hope to roll out some more stuff on into the future. It's, it's been a lot of fun. So along those lines, when it comes to families, parents being the primary influence to shape the life and faith of their kids, you've come up with a phrase to emphasize the role parents play in their kids' lives. We 
want to share that with us and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Sure. The phrase is really simple. If not you, then who? Mm -hmm. If not you, then who? And the question just simply is us posing saying, as a parent, there are certain things that only you can do that I don't know who else is going to do it if you don't step up and kind of own those responsibilities. Right, right. And I I love the idea of the phrase because it goes back to something we've talked about before in previous episodes is only a parent can parent. And That's what, right. whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever uh, form of parent you are, whether it's, you know, mom, dad, foster parent, adoptive parent, grandparent, and uncle who take care of your family's kids, you know, things like that. But only a parent can parent. So the phrase kind of hones in yeah. on that idea. So if not you, then who? Yep. If you aren't the one that teaches your kid how to get their learner's permit, yes. well, who's going to step up and do that? If yep. you're not the one that cares for them with, when they're little and teaches them to brush their teeth, who's yep. going to step up and do that? And yep. so finding those opportunities that parents have for those really simple tasks along the way that actually lead to opportunities later when life gets hard and mm-hmm. things get way more complicated than learning how to brush your teeth or tie your shoes, yep. Um, yep. to be that parent and have that opportunity to speak into those things because kids are going to find out the answers they need from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so by us saying, if not you, then who? Yeah. If you don't own it as a parent, if we can't find ways as a church to better equip you and support you, they are going to get answers somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when I say then who, are we going to leave it to Google? Yep. Are we going to leave yep. it to some other resource yep. for them to find their friends? We know that they uh-huh. sometimes will give good advice, but more often than not, <laughs> there's probably not great advice coming from yep. their friends. Yep. It's a gamble. And so as parents, mm-hmm. we can control some of that experience, certainly earlier on in life. Mm-hmm. And so that's where as a church, once again, we want to partner with you, yep. find ways to make that relationship strong and healthy yeah. and to make it where it's not a foreign concept for you to have faith-based conversations yeah. at home. Because if you can answer questions when they're little, like, why did God make the sky blue instead mm. of just why is the sky blue? You've now introduced God into the conversation. When they mm-hmm. get older yeah. and those questions get more difficult, you'll be positioned as a parent to navigate those and know that when you don't have the answers and the questions are really tough, you have a church to lean in on. Yeah, yeah. So you cover a pretty wide range of areas where parents influence their kids from, if not you changing their diaper, then who, you know, are you going to leave it up for older sibling, you know, in that way, if not you making their lunch for school to get ready, then who they're going to be like getting that peanut butter and jelly It's going to be all over your counter. So you're teaching them those things, but then you've even gotten to the faith. If, if not you, then who, who will lay that initial foundation, what is so important because you and I know the statistics that a child or an individual person is more likely to give their lives to Christ earlier in life than later, you know, pre-college is where, you know, faith is, takes form and really is birthed in their lives. It still happens on in the future. God is in control and changing lives all the time. But if not you, then who is really great. Yeah. And it comes from uh, a scripture actually Mm -hmm. in Mark chapter nine. And I know Todd, you and I were talking about this of of where did this idea come from? And and what we find is we find a father mm-hmm. whose son is very sick um, and he's kind of exasperated as best I can tell. And he's made a decision yet again. I believe he's done everything he can do as a father mm-hmm. because we're going to see that example shortly. Um, and here they are on the couch at a home and his son is ill. Things aren't going well. And now 
this man enters the scene, Jesus and his mm-hmm. disciples and the town is kind of in a commotion because they're curious yeah. and they've heard that he can do great miracles. And this parent has a decision. Yep. Do I leave my home that day with my son for the chance of maybe getting a miracle in his life? Mm-hmm. Or do I not set us up for failure emotionally? Do we go through this again? Yeah. And so I see this father wrestling with all this tension. And ultimately, he takes his son to the disciples because Jesus is up on the mountain mm-hmm. where we read about the transfiguration of Jesus is occurring yeah. up on the mountain. And at the valley of a mountain, a father brings his son yeah. and the disciples who had been able to heal could not heal his son. Mm -hmm. And now you have this broken father, this embarrassed father in front of all these people who stepped out and, and done what only he could do. Nobody was coming to drag this kid out of the house for a miracle. He came out with his son and brought him to the disciples. And Jesus comes down to the commotion and the religious leaders all have their comment. Mm. But it's in that moment that this father says, if you can do anything, please heal my son talking to Jesus. And Jesus replies and says, if you can, anything is possible for him who believes. Mm. And the father says something that I think is so encouraging for the church. He says, I do believe Help me overcome my unbelief. And he's saying, as a parent, I'll do everything that I know how to do, Mm. but there's a gap. There's a gap in my faith. There's a gap in my skill set and ability and what I know and what I can and can't do. And so if you'll help me with that gap, I will do everything I can do. And I love that idea when you ask the question, if not you, then who? Mm -hmm. What if that could go into our mind to be like, okay, if not you, as a parent, to say, you know what, I can't do any, everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know everything about um, taking my kid to the doctor. I don't know what the doctors know. I don't know yeah. a lot of things. But I can do my part and the mm-hmm. things that I know I can be responsible for, knowing that Jesus and through the local church can fill in those gaps. Yeah, yeah. So it's encouraging. Yeah, that's that's the role of parents. So we've given some general examples that could apply to anybody listening, but what about you as a parent? How are you applying this phrase? How are you and Jess applying this to your home? Yeah, part of it is uh, making church a priority. Mm. I mean, my, my son last night was calculating. He got, and I still don't understand this, last night I picked him up from babysitting and he made $50. Now, he was there for several <laughs> hours and there were yep. several kids involved, uh-huh. but my 14-year-old son was pretty jacked yep. about this $50. Yep. This is a big deal. And he said, I don't know what I want to spend my $50 on. And it was my job as a parent at that moment to say, just a reminder, you're not spending $50, you're spending $40. Because mm-hmm. five, we're going to save because something's going to mm-hmm. come up. And then, of course, we're going to tithe. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he mm. knew that. But it was my job as a parent to give that little nudge because he had learned that in church. We've encouraged yeah. that for a while. But as a parent, I had this teachable moment hmm. that happened in the car ride to either speak into that yeah. or not. Yeah. And so it was this real practical opportunity for me to do it. Now, I think that there are probably more times than not where I missed that opportunity mm-hmm. to take that teachable moment. And that's yeah. a big value that we have as a family that we're trying to do a better job with and say, yeah. okay, God, you are allowing us to have these cool interactions in the morning with our kids and in the afternoon after school and in the evening and whether it be their response with how they handle a board game Mm. or a friend at school or whatever if we're willing to lean in on those moments and listen then we're going to be positioned more closely than a small group leader or the church Mm. to be able to speak into those key moments and so like i said i probably miss more than i get right Mm. but every once in a while i think god reminds me that oh 
I was the only one that was going to get that opportunity last night at mm-hmm. 10 o'clock at night to speak up and just remind yeah. him that little nudge of the value of God's blessed us. Let's tithe mm. and remind the value of church and yeah. what we're a part of. Yeah. Yeah. It, the thing we say here is there's no perfect people, so there's no perfect parents. But phrases like this help recenter us or ground us to go, okay, today didn't go how I wanted it to go. But if not you, then who? Okay, I can tackle that tomorrow. And we'll start again. Grace is new. Mercy is new. God gives us to it every single day. So that's what I love about it. And when we, when we kind of bring your phrase in connection with the orange strategy. So orange kind of has identified really four phases that kids go through from birth until they finish high school and move on. And those, those four phases, there's kind of the obvious ones. There's the preschool phase, elementary age phase, middle school phase, high school, and then once they finish off, graduate and go to college or start their career. But then you also have these developmental phases that children go through as well. So they move through emotional, physical, relational, mental, and personal changes that take place as well. So Orange has identified these and has said that children through the phases have certain needs. And what I love it is that you've simplified it. You haven't, you know, exhausted it, but you've helped parents kind of narrow in. You've helped the church narrow in. This is what these kids need at this phase. So to go them real briefly, preschoolers need to be embraced. They need to be physically embraced to kind of grow in a trusting relationship with their family. Elementary age need to be engaged. Their interest needs to be engaged. They're very physical. They need to be played with. They need to be interacted with. You need to do dress up. You need to have tea parties. You need to play on the yard. You need to wrestle, you know, things like that. Middle schoolers need to be affirmed. Their personal, uh, personal journey needs to be affirmed and their identity needs to be affirmed. And then high schoolers need to be mobilized. Their potential, they are like chock full of skill and ability and passion to go and get moving and make a difference in the world. So parents in the church, what Orange is trying to do is bring these, identify these things and help both influences impact kids in these areas, in these phases. So how does your phrase apply to each phase, specifically or generally, how you kind of put that filter on top of the phases? Yeah. So if let's go specific with it. Let's see, yeah. see where we can go with it. So if not you, then who? And the idea of preschools need to be embraced. Mm-hmm. Now, I uh, have seen your church in action. Mm-hmm. And I know that when you are in the opportunity, you care for a preschooler. Mm-hmm. As parents, you can feel confident that that kid's going to be loved and yep. cared for really well for that hour mm-hmm. or hour and a half, or if you volunteer a couple hours, yep. they're going to be cared for really well. But there's all this other time. Mm-hmm. And I know in preschoolers, they're, they're filled with emotions. They're trying to figure out how to process everything. Yep. And sometimes they just have to be soothed, soothed through those things. And as parents, mm-hmm. you're going to have this infinite number of opportunities yeah. to embrace your child and help them navigate these emotions that they have and yeah. just calm them down, be there for them, comfort them, soothe them. Mm. You're going to have way more opportunities than the church can have. Yeah. And yet it's in those opportunities as a parent to say, you know, if you're the one consistently doing that, then they're going to begin to lean in on you, trust you even more each and every day, more so than we could 
possibly do in the church in an hour or two on a weekend. Mm-hmm. And so that's critical. At elementary age, this engagement, once again, we can have awesome programming. We yeah. can engage them. We can connect with them. We can even send resources home for them to grow their faith at home. As elementary age kids, they're willing to do devotions at home and study yeah. and learn and grow and very curious. But who's going to consistently engage them? Who's mm-hmm. going to be the one that steps in on that and make sure that they do a devotion? Or I've got a challenge right now with one of my sons for him to memorize the books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And he's got, I think, a week left. And uh-huh. he was testing last night. Yeah. And I've given a little financial reward for doing that, kind uh-huh. of nudging him. So, yeah, he could do that in church. And, yeah, that's great if it happens in an hour or whatever. Right. But it's a priority for all of us to know it. And so I had to make sure I was ready and freshed up, ready to go, uh-huh. so I could catch him when he made a mistake. <laughs> And so yep. it was something we're doing yep. as a family, engaging, mm-hmm. having fun with that. This idea of affirming middle schoolers cannot possibly get enough affirmation. Hmm. I don't know that, it, that they're, they're constantly pouring out more than they receive. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm convinced of it, no matter how much you go with. Yep. And so as a parent... You have the opportunity to give way more than, once again, the church can give. Mm. We can have incredible messages on identity and who you are in Christ and reaffirm that, reaffirm that. But the reality is in middle school, there are so many things happening around you that make you question that over and over and over again. And so, once again, you have the opportunity to do it when no one else has that same measure or amount. Or even making sure that that's happening through somebody else. And Mm. so, if you're dropping them off or they have an after-school program or they're involved in sports how are you navigating what their coaches are saying or not saying are they in a small group and what does that relationship look like you are the one that's deciding if not then who else is speaking in their life and are you okay with what they're saying right and then of course in high school the tricky part of young high schoolers is they're not driving yet Hmm. but they're ready very quickly to be mobilized to have some independence it starts in middle school Mm -hmm. but they're ready to go out and change the world but it still requires parent funding, Mm -hmm. whether it be gas money when they get to a certain age, um, helping them get their job, their application, getting the schedule right, taking them, getting them registered for camps or whatever, serving opportunities, mission trips. There's a lot of work by a parent that only a parent or guardian can do in order to set them up for the opportunities they have to be mobilized and and be world changers. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, all those are, are really fantastic. And you know, it's, it's simple and powerful. Like even to the point of what you were saying about the preschool is how much a safe, healthy, physical touch, how far that can go, how much power it has more than trying to like verbally explain, Hey, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do that. Just give them a hug. That's right. Have you tried to reason with a preschooler? (laughs) (laughs) That is never going to work. Now, listen, this isn't logical what you're saying right now. If you'll just put up the three blocks, everything will be better. It doesn't work. They need a hug. And then another, another word to go with the high schoolers is the idea of launching them. And I love this idea because there's got to be the internal turmoil in, in, in a parent, especially around 12th grade. They're like, all right, I'm going to have to let this kid go right and start college or career or whatever they choose to do but to start that early in high school they're itching to do it so send them on a mission trip give them work that is meaningful where they're making a difference in somebody's life and then empower and trust them to do that that goes a really long way yeah you know one of the things about high schoolers for those of you that are parenting high schoolers i just want to encourage you with this 
High schoolers want to experience risk. Mm -hmm. They want to experience right. things that push them kind of to their limits and edge. That's why they do dumb things mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, imagine what could happen if they they get some risk, some adventure, but we still control it. Yep. So let them go on an international mission trip yep. or something that stretches them, that feels very adventurous, very different. So what if we can expose them to that adventure and risk mm -hmm. and opportunity and the whole world is out there, but we do it through the filter of the church and the family, we're going to set them up for success because if we control it and we don't allow those things to happen as we have them in our household as a high school, they're going to find their own ways to experience risk and adventure on their own. And yeah. those may not be healthy. So once again, if you yeah. don't figure out a way to mobilize and figure out a way to manage gonna, that for high school, they're yep. going to figure out their own way to take risk and adventure. And that yep. may make us all a little nervous. Yep. So I'm going to take a risk okay. and I'm going to jam your phrase with the phases. So if not you, if you don't embrace, engage, affirm, or mobilize your kids, then who? Yeah. Yeah, and it fits, and that is such a privilege that, that parents have at the end of the day. For sure. As a church at Forest Hill, we're going to do our best. We really are to engage these things, but, man, what a gift parents have. So when I think about this phrase, if not you, then who, it has a weight to it. It's super motivating. You know, like, oh, it's so simple. I can get my mind around that. At the same time, it's really sobering. Kind of what you referenced almost at the beginning was because if parents don't, someone else will. Someone else will step in and fill that space. And so how, how do you wrestle with that reality, both as a parent and as a coach or a mentor for parents in, in the church? Yeah, well, I love how you put, even around the phrases, if you don't blank, Mm -hmm. then who will? I think a lot of parents get in this trap of just leaving it generic. If you don't, who will? Mm -hmm. If I don't do everything and I'm not able to provide everything my kid wants, and if I can't be everything they need, mm -hmm. then I'm a failure as a parent. Yep. So it's one of the things I love about the phases and the way they were yep. written is because they are so simple to say with your elementary age kid when they're just being difficult or you're struggling or it feels like you're not connecting. Mm -hmm. The whole idea of engaging. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't know if I can get anything else right, mm -hmm. but I can engage my kid. We yep. can stop. We can turn off the TV, turn off YouTube, and switch yep. over here and play a board game or Grab do something football, on the floor, get or go for a walk. Yep. Yeah, yep. we can do that. And so if I'm losing, I may feel like I'm losing in a lot of areas. And yep. I know growing up, you know, my mom felt an insane amount of pressure to provide all these things financially, and we just didn't have much means. Yeah. And so as a parent, I know that tension of what it's like to feel like, oh, I want them to have this. I can't provide that for them. Therefore, I'm failing. Yep. Well, no, 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 no. More than anything else, I just needed your presence. I needed mm -hmm. to know you were for me and with yeah. me. Yep. And I didn't have to have that shirt from Abercrombie and Pitch <laughs> in order to, yeah. to have yeah. an identity in middle school. Like, yeah. just tell me that. Like, yeah. help me navigate that because I don't know that you can solve everything and you can't throw money at everything. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And so I love the idea that the phases and the lens that it's ran through, through it's just a phase, gives us this filter to say, I don't know what else to do. When you're exasperated as a parent, yep. I get there a lot, mm -hmm. probably too much, mm -hmm. but I, get, I don't know what else to do. Well, what if we just took those four words, embrace, engage, affirm, and mobilize and say, 
I don't know what else to do right now, but my middle school daughter who's being stubborn and difficult, I know that she needs to be affirmed. Yep. And so when she stopped listening and she slammed the door and it's not working for me to go up to the door and maybe the argument doesn't continue. Maybe it's not even focused on that anymore, yep. but you to remind them that the reason that you're having this tension is because you're fighting for them, yes. that you see yep. worth and value in them and that you love them. Maybe that becomes this filter of like, I don't know what else to do, but I can do this as a parent. Yep. No one has fought for the soul of a person like Jesus has. No one fights for the life of a kid like a parent should. Yeah. It's kind of that connection that. there. Man, I love that. That's, that's really good. No one can affirm the identity of a middle school child better than a parent. For sure. Ah, man. So good. So this is really helpful to me, it, and it reminds me that as a parent, I get to do this. Yeah. As parents, we get to do this. So at the end of the day, you know, what's your hope for parents? You know, I, I ultimately want parents to feel the weight of what they do, but honestly, they have a weight lifted off them because there are things that they're already set up for success to do because they're the only one built and wired and have the opportunity to do it. Mm -hmm. And so for the five times you fail and you forget to embrace your preschooler, you can switch over and go, okay, well, I can get it right today and tomorrow and tomorrow mm -hmm. and tomorrow. Like yeah. you can, you can always reset. Yep. And I love the fact that this father said back in that scripture, Mark nine, I do believe help me overcome my unbelief. Yep. And when you experience those gaps as a parent and you feel exhausted, I encourage you to go to Jesus, mm -hmm. come here to the church, yep. talk through it, talk through what you're struggling with. But then also remember that God has uniquely chosen you and positioned you for this child. I don't know why, but he's given this child to you. Yeah. And that's a, an amazing privilege. And while it has a weight, I want it to be freeing to know that, that God has ordained this. And yeah. you have a special privilege ahead of you. Awesome. Well, I know we could go on and on just talking sure. about what we love, <laughs> yeah. right? The church and family. So how can, how can parents find some of the phase resources or connect with you? Yeah, so if you go to parentq.com or it's just a phase.com, you can read all kinds of resources around that. And there's continues yep. to be more resources, little booklets around all the different ages and things like that. So that's a great resource. Yep. Um, I am always trying to push stuff out through Twitter. Okay. And so at F Beeler or on Facebook, Frank.Beeler, I guess. I don't know okay. how that works. Frank, Frank Beeler. <laughs> um, but if you connect and, and connect with social media, you're just going to yep. find that more often than not, I'm either sharing something about my family yep. or sharing something that I think will help families yep. because that's what we're all trying to figure out. Yeah, it's really great. Well, thanks for investing in our families through this podcast. Yeah, what a privilege. Thanks for having me. Let me say a prayer. For sure. Heavenly Father, uh, we are so thankful for family and for the church and how you have created both to be an influence on the life of faith and uh, faith of kids and students as they grow up. Thank you that Frank spent some time uh, explaining the phases and how important and how we can inter interact and kind of intersect with kids in really powerful ways where, where they're at. So we pray a whole lot of grace and mercy and strength on parents uh, from day to day as they seek to uh, kind of step into this role uh, that you have given them as a gift uh, to influence their kids. It's to your glory that we do all of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Parent on, parents. You got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. 
where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest you, visit forresthill.org.